Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Compass Group International. And I'm Gene Studebaker, CEO of Compass Group International. And thank you for joining our podcast. Uh, from our podcast uh, last week, we talked about what's new in Costa Rica and Central America. Uh, what are some of the uh, new reasons uh, that our people are going down there? What are the new demographics of people that are going down there? So today's podcast, we're going to talk about Thailand and Southeast Asia and Northern Asia. So right now, I'm actually calling from, uh, from Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, Dean is down in San Jose in Escasu, Costa Rica. Uh, we're like a 14 or 15 hour difference. So it's the morning there and it's the evening here. So Dean, with you being in San Jose right now, I mean, tell us the pros and cons of San Jose compared to another big city like Bangkok. So what is it about both cities that you like and what are the things about both cities that you don't like? Uh, um, the pros of San Jose um, are simply, the pros are also the cons. The pro is it's, it, um, it's a much smaller city um, so getting a you know, so getting from point A to point B obviously is just it's just a lot lot easier um, to to an extent um, from that standpoint. But um, the overall, you know, San Jose. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll be honest, I'd much rather be in Bangkok. I mean, it's not even not even you really can't even compare San Jose to Bangkok to be quite honest with you because it's San Jose's only about the size only is about a million people um and when you're you know in bangkok obviously is you know a, almost a, you know an eight to ten million plus type you know cause you know you know city so but but for san jose the one advantage of san jose is you know you can be in a city environment and um and, and have that you know the city living but it's it's an hour to the beach whereas and it's really you know you hop in your car and within an hour you're 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 on the pacific ocean um, whereas in Bangkok, it's a lot more challenging. You know, it takes a few more out. It takes a couple hours to get down to the closest beach. So from that standpoint, that also is a benefit. And again, they're two totally different. I mean, two totally different cuisines. I mean, I love both cuisines. So um, I mean, if I were to compare any cities, let's say, if I were to compare from let's say a United States city, like if I were to say Bangkok to like Los Angeles or New York, yeah, to me it's still night and day. I'd much rather be I'd much rather be in Bangkok. Um, Bangkok, I like I said, I love more in the sense of the public transportation transportation is, you know, light years ahead of where San Jose is, so it's it's it has a it's much more efficient. Although the one advantage of San Jose is it's and it's not even that difficult in, in, in Thailand and it's still quite simple, but um, you, you know, you have the we have the public train systems in um, in um, in Bangkok, but in San Jose, you know, Uber is really easy to use, and so that makes it really convenient to get around. Um, you know, with that, and I know, like I said, Bangkok starting to get, you know, starting to do the, the whole Uber thing, so that's that's making it nice as well. Um, food wise, like I said, I love both cuisines. Obviously, there's ten thousand times more to choose from in Bangkok from a variety from the overall variety the cost of living in bangkok is a little bit less than it is in san jose as far as just going out and eat and going out and doing things so from a cost of living standpoint bangkok is is a little bit cheaper um housing prices are pretty much going to be about the same um 
you know, like for like what you what you'd be experiencing. But the overall um, basic daily expenses in Bangkok is 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 is, is probably a good you know fifteen to twenty percent less than what you what you find in Costa Rica. And so from that standpoint, in Costa Rica, the advantage is, you know, when we're, you know, we live in the States too, so it's just easier to get to. It's, you know, five, six hours here in Costa Rica as opposed to, you know, 20 hours to get to, to get to Thailand. So that, that's one of the other differences as well. So I love both cities, but I prefer to be in, but I prefer to be in, prefer to be in Bangkok for sure over, uh, over San Jose, just, just from a variety of just cuisine choices and just, there's just a lot more to do because I like being in big city and from a big city standpoint, Bangkok's one of the best in the world to, uh, to spend your time in. The one thing I want to add to that, uh, pretty much everything Dean said is ditto on my part too. Uh, but one thing I want to add is some of the pros of, of Costa Rica as opposed to a place like Bangkok, Thailand, is the residency requirements. Resi establishing residency in a place like Costa Rica is so much easier. I'm going to go over some a, uh, it's not new, uh, but it's not known to many people, which is basically the Thai elite visa. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But establishing residency in Costa Rica is very simple. And another thing about Costa Rica is that whether you're a U.S. citizen or you're a Canadian citizen or citizen U.K., Australia, New Zealand, when you come to Costa Rica, you are automatically granted a three-month visa. Where here in Thailand you're only automatically granted a 30-day visa. So that's why uh, you guys see us frequently. Uh, we will only be here in Thailand for about a month. Uh, and if we wanted to increase it to six or, uh, you know, to two months or three months, uh, there are fees that's involved and, and there's more paperwork that's involved. Uh, but as far as free visa goes, it's remember, it's only 30 days in Thailand, but it's 90 days in Costa Rica. And then the other thing, too, is Costa Rica is a lot, um, the air is a lot cleaner, uh, where Bangkok is, it's, it's, uh, we, we are, we're not proud of this at all. We're not proud of this at all. But we just beat out India, and I forgot which city, as the most dangerous roads in the world. Bangkok uh, or Thailand roads are extremely dangerous. People get run over all the time. There's lots of DUIs, especially in the northern Thailand. Uh, it's just a very, it's very unsafe, and there's tons of cars, especially in Bangkok, so it's heavily polluted. But with that being said, I agree with Dean. I would rather be here in Bangkok. So let me tell you why. The other thing, too, is, is that is the difference of people. So the people that want to go to Central America, go to Costa Rica, are very, are older, and they're independently wealthy, and they love a more relaxed lifestyle. When people come here in Bangkok, tend to be singles, men and female, so it's not just men coming uh, to Southeast Asia, but also females. They're younger, uh, they're millennials, and they're looking for job opportunities. Uh, the recent article that I posted, I forgot from what magazine or what uh, media outlet, uh, Thailand was ranked in a top 10 for the highest paid jobs for expats, for American expats or English-speaking expats, which was about $120,000. Making $120,000 here in Costa Rica or here in uh, Bangkok is probably like making a half a million dollars in the United States. In San Francisco, making half a million dollars, you're still considered middle class. <laughs> Just to let you know. Yeah. But it's... You know, the money goes so much further. And then, as Dean mentioned, the cuisine, because I'm a food person myself, is that, yes, I'm Asian, but and I love 
Central American food, especially Costa Rican food, but the diversity of food and world-class cuisine from all over the world is here in Bangkok. I mean, um, I don't know if you guys realize this, but Dean and I never travel together. Is that first of all, I want you guys to know is that is that we like to divide and conquer. And Dean and I, if you guys aren't aware, we're very introverted. Even though we're salespeople and we're master salespeople, we're very good at people. We can control a room. We can talk in front of thousands, thousands of people, but we're very introverted. Well, we like time to ourselves. So that's why Dean is in Costa Rica and I'm here in Thailand. And then if I was in Costa Rica, Dean would be here in Thailand and so forth. We rarely ever travel together. But when we are in the same city together, I mean, all we're doing is, is just eating. I mean, uh, the brand new, there's a, there was a brand new model open a couple years ago. It's off the Palm Prong uh, BTS. And it's a very, very high-end uh, mall. I think it's called like M Quartier or something like that. So there's this uh, Taiwanese franchise uh, that is called Hot Star Chicken. And they basically pound chicken breast and deep fry it. It's the best fried chicken you'll ever have. And it's very, very popular. Uh, it, it comes from the, uh, the Xilin market in Taipei. So Dean and I were like, uh, so I saw this on Facebook. I like, dude, Hot Star Chicken's opening there. We have to go. So Dean's like, we, pro- we should probably go early because Asians are known to stand in queues, which are lines. So we got there when it opened. And Dean, when we got there when it opened, still how long was the wait to get to the chicken? God, it like a freaking seemed like a half an hour to forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And uh but but dude that mall, I mean I mean from the desserts and from the uh from all the varieties of different type of food, isn't it wasn't it just amazing? Yeah, I mean I, that just just the variety of the cuisines, just everything that's there, um and just how fresh I mean it's just fresh and I mean yeah, I mean the it, it's off the chart. I mean, it's a it's a food junkie's paradise. It is, and the one thing is is that uh, Dino with kids around, or he doesn't kid around, but when he tells people that one of the best and one of my best, uh, what is a spaghetti carbonara that we've ever had, is from a place right across the street from uh, the building where we live in. It's made by a Thai Vietnamese woman, and Dean, I mean, first of all, tell us how much it is, and and tell us why it was so damn good. Yeah, I mean. You, that little, the little place next door to us. I mean, it's this outdoor kind of food truck court type concept, but instead of food trucks, they're like little shacks. And she, she cooks a variety of different things. But I mean, she likes to do the spicy carbonara, this you know typical, you know standard your your typical Italian carbonara pasta. But she spices it up with her ice, you know, with her tight spices, and it is just uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like. It comes to like three, two dollars or two, two and a half bucks or something like that. That's what it comes down to, I think. And it's just unreal. I mean, that's the best carbonara I've ever had. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, she, what she does is just absolutely amazing. The way she, and then the way she adds her spice to it. But I don't know, countless how many basic or any general Italian restaurant in the United States you go in and got carbonara, it wouldn't even compare close to what this, uh, what this lady's doing in, in her little shack uh you know on a side street in coast in in, in bangkok so at you know in in 50 percent the cost or 75 percent less so um but the quality and everything is you know fresh right to order and it's just again it's just off the track but i mean you i don't think we can stress this enough 
the people. We we can talk about food, and you can say you know about A B you know about this food and this food and that. You just have to people. You have to understand Bangkok is like consider Bangkok one of the top food cities in the world. To eat. It is not just some all you're going to get is just some you know most. It's like everyone who thinks you go to Costa Rica, you're just going to get burritos and tacos. That burrito. Burritos and tacos have absolutely nothing really to do with Costa Rican cuisine. And people probably think, well, Bangkok, oh, that means chicken chow mein. Oh, no, no, Pad Thai, Pad Thai. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Thailand or in Bangkok. I mean, because you have, it's not just some Asian dish that they serve you, right? So there's so many different varieties of food and, 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 and cultures of cuisine to eat that it's just a food lover's paradise. I mean, you can't, and, you know, and then you, the whole country. You know, street food to just all the restaurants that they have. I mean, it's it's not it's not. I mean, like I said, I grew up in the Bay in San Francisco, and so it's. I, I would take. I would rather eat in Bangkok any day of the week than San Francisco. Far enough. To me, it's not even close. So I, I, I enjoy eating and eating eating in Bangkok. So for people that are just really into food and just are total foodaholics, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go and experience um, all that's available to eat in, in Bangkok. And the other thing, too, is what you don't realize, like Dean said, uh, like a lot of people don't realize that Tokyo has one of the uh, highest concentrations of Michelin, Michelin star restaurants in the world. And also uh, in Tokyo are some of the best Italian restaurants, Chinese restaurants, uh, in the world, made by Japanese. And the same exact thing in Thailand. If you don't realize this, Joe Robochon has a restaurant, and he's the most world-renowned, most awarded Michelin star chef in the world, and he also has uh, a restaurant in Bangkok. And it's very interesting what Dean said. It's like, you can go at any corner. I, I know there's, uh, I remember going, Dean and I actually went to this one place. I'm not big on Italian food. But when it's good Italian food, I will definitely go. And here's an outdoor vendor that's actually owned by Italians. And the reason why I know this is because of their accent and them speaking together. I knew that they're speaking Italian. They were making, remember this, Dean? They're making noodles fresh right there, cutting it fresh. And the, yeah. and, the, and the bowl of carbonara, which was really enough for two people, because the reason I know this is because Dean and I ordered all, all sorts of other food from other vendors. And, and uh, so we had too much food, so we split it. We asked to put two bowls. It was like, that was like three bucks. And that was damn good. Freshly handmade noodles right in front of you. In Las Vegas, that's over $20. New York, 30 San Francisco, 30 so, yes, Bangkok is definitely a foodie's heaven. But the other thing, too, is the cost of living. So what I like to tell people, when people ask me, why, uh, why, did you, why did you stop going to Central America? It's not that I stopped going to Central America. It's just that I prefer it south, here in Southeast Asia. And I tell them it's really because of one thing. And, yes, minus the pollution, the congestion, the high-density living, that's a, that's a sacrifice that I'm willing to give up for this one thing. It's the entertainment factor. What I mean by the entertainment factor is, if some of you have perverted minds, you're like, okay, he's a, he's a single guy. He's probably talking about the red light districts and the strip bars. No. And just to let you know, is recently, the Thai PM, 
the prime minister, wants to uh, slowly get Thailand out of that mindset of it being, you know, a country of just prostitution. And to let you know, for those of you who have never been down there, those of you who went down there, you know that these areas, these red light areas, are very, very specific to a place in Bangkok. It's not like you see hookers walking around in the middle of the street and everywhere. You know, you don't see that in Las Vegas. It's in a very specific area. It's in Perm. Yeah, there are hookers in the casino, but it's very, very, uh, it's very regulated. So, so you're not seeing it everywhere. But the one thing I love on the entertainment factor is, is that I could do all the things that I want to do, and I could, and it's more convenient for me. It's like, it's like Amazon Prime. It's so convenient. What that means is, I don't have to own a car. I don't have to pay car insurance. I don't have to worry about any of that crap because I have three forms of transportation at any time at all hours. Taxis, buses, and BTS, which is the SkyTrain. All within, right in front of my building or within a three-minute walk. And then in addition to that, if I want to eat at all hours, any type of cuisine, it's dirt cheap. It's very, very difficult to go to a place in Central America and get a, and get a good meal for about a buck. You can do that in Thailand. You can do that here. You can do that in Vietnam. And then also, I'm a huge movie buff, and so is Dean. When was the last time you guys went to a movie? You know, going to a Regal Theater or Paramount Theater, wherever it may be, where your movie ticket is 10 to $15, and your concessions are even more expensive. So for a family of four, it's literally going to cost you like 60 to $100 just to watch a movie. That's insane. Where in Thailand, first run movies, like during like matinees, is like three bucks, three to four bucks. Clean, and also they have lounge seaters in the back if you want, and the concessions are even cheaper. So going to a first run movie with popcorn and a drink is probably going to cost me about four dollars, or four dollars fifty cents. And then in addition to that is if I want to go out drinking, you know, I want to go to a bar, or I just want to. I'm a, as you guys know, I'm a huge coffee buff. So I don't like going to a Starbucks uh, and getting my name spelt wrong and then uh, getting served. It's very, very annoying to me, and you other coffee snobs can probably agree with me, that when you order a single double-shot espresso at places like Starbucks, it comes in that big, giant, freaking 8 to you know, 12 ounce, you know, 8, 10-ounce cup. It's like it ruins the whole appeal of, of the little, little special glass. And presentation is everything. It, it just complete turn off for me. Where here in Bangkok, I can walk into any coffee shop, sit down. They're going to serve water. They're going to take my order, double shot espresso for $1, free Wi-Fi, air conditioned, nice comfy chairs. I can sit there as long as I walk. I can I can nurse my espresso as long as I want for one buck. And then you don't have to tip. That, to me, I love. I love the sociability factor and an entertainment factor. The sociability factor is another one. Is that it's so much easier to meet friends here than anywhere else really in the world to me. Where America, to me, has been more closed offish. Americans are scared of everything. They won't even look at you because they think that you have a gun, you're going to shoot them. Uh, they won't even answer their doors. I mean, people don't even go out and see each other. They'd rather just text each other. Where places like here in Bangkok, come like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 
it is insane. The kids are out of school. People are out of work. All the malls are packed because we have world-class food courts, unlike the crappy food courts we see in the United States that has Annie's Pretzel and Sabatas and some other crap, you know, Orange Julius or whatever. Here, the food courts are amazing. And there's people everywhere. They're socializing. They're eating. They're laughing. They're having desserts. It's the sociability factor is the reason that I know for a fact I'm going to live longer living in this country. Because I have tons of friends. Tons of friends. It's easy to make friends here. People, and, and I always tell people, when you're traveling, and especially if you're an expat living in other countries, and Dean says the same exact thing, we like meeting other fellow travelers and fellow expats that are Americans or Canadians or other English-speaking people. Because those are the people that are traveling... That are well-rounded. Those are the type of people you want to meet. You know, it's the trash that lives in some of these cities that never travel. Those are the people that are annoying. But when I'm traveling and I'm meeting another American or Canadian or someone from the UK, Australia, we really hit it off because we have the same mindset. It's much more worldly. It's much more open. So, Dean, what could you, what else could you add to the sociability entertainment factor that you love about Thailand and specifically Bangkok? Well, again, just even the 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 the, the concept of the fact of you you know of, of taking care of yourself or pampering yourself, so to speak. I mean, just the massages, the facials, the foot massages, the the pedicure, all that stuff. I love doing. I know, and as well as you do, and. It's just the prices are just ridiculous to go and get, um, you know, a Thai massage and get a facial and to get a pedicure or a foot massage. I mean, we can spend five hours doing, you know, getting a three-hour, you know, a three-hour Thai massage, get an hour facial and then an hour foot massage. Um, and, you know, you can spend five hours doing that and, and that's going to maybe run you $30. You know, so, I mean, you could never, and, I mean, you can't even, you, you just go get a pedicure in the United States. It's just a point, it's just 30 bucks. And that's for a half hour freaking pedicure. In Thailand, you can go and get five hours, six hours worth of spa treatment, and it may run you like 30 $40. I mean, it's just, that's just ridiculous. Um, so from that aspect, and, you know, which makes it, you know, which, again, taking advantage of, of being able to go get massages and being able to do that stuff makes it uh, makes it so much nicer also or, or, or one of the other advantages of, of living there. Um, and it's a city, like I said, that you just, you know, you want to get out and kind of explore and walk around in. San Jose is not really like that. I mean, San Jose is not... We, where you everything in San Jose is destinational. I mean, you go you go where you go because you're going there to get something and then you leave. In Thailand or in Bangkok, especially, you want to, you do, because of the size vast of the city and there's so many different corners and pockets of, of that of the city that you could you, you could never really you have to spend years there to really get an idea of all of it. That. If you want to just kind of get out and move around, walk around, and, and go check out the you know the different soys and the different things going on, the different you know outdoor outdoor you know food courts, the outdoor markets, the outdoor you know all that stuff. They just don't have that. Um, they don't really have that in San Jose, so you're not really looking to do that. And again, the, again, they're apples to oranges when you compare the two cities because they really don't. They're really not the same, but. 
you'd have to compare more again from Latin American cities. You know, Bangkok is obviously going to compare more to the cities like Bogota or or Mexico City or or places like that because of, of the size and you know the because of the you know the, the size of the city. But it, it, so that that's why I love about you know one of the other things I like about about Bangkok is you get to take advantage or you're able to take advantage of all those little subtle. You know, again, if you just get up and you go to the gym and then it's like, okay, I just want to get, I want to go work. I want to go get a massage and just have, you know, in the morning you do the, you, you know, you do your fresh fruits and, and, and go to the gym and then you just say, Hey, in the afternoon, I want to, I'm going to spend the whole afternoon just getting massages and facials and pedicures and, 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 and some massages. So it, it, uh, it, it and it's all super cheap. So it makes it, uh, that's what makes it also really, really nice to, uh, to be there. It's funny when I tell people, I, you know, and, and Dean's the same, <clears throat> and same with our other consultants, too. We come here to Bangkok to rejuvenate, to lose some weight, gain some weight, you know, revise our goals and strategies and just, you know, do all the stuff that normally it's very tough because of distractions, crazy schedules, and also distance. With the convenience factor of everything, I have uh, Asia's the largest CrossFit facility in Asia, literally about a five-minute walk from where I live. And, and, and within, within a 10-minute walk, if I didn't want to take the BTS, within a 10-minute walk, I have, three, I have four gyms. The gym that I go to is called We Fitness. It's in, uh, and it's right off the BTS. A hot, you know, I, I walk three minutes to the train station if I don't want to walk to the gym too lazy to. Uh, and then I get there, and once I get off the BTS station, the gym is right there. The convenience factor of everything in Bangkok, we're living in Asia, surpasses any Latin country. It truly does. Everything's your corner. And like Dean says, it's, it's, you tend to want to explore more. Even though we've been living, there part, living here part-time for the last five years, we're always discovering something new. I remember when Dean was here, he's like, he's like hey, man, I just found this restaurant here and here. You got to go here. Take a picture. He's like, I ate this. So I tried it. And like here, I'm like, you know, I was like, oh, my God. It's like right around the corner from the building, there's this noodle place, this boat, Thai boat noodle place that I never knew. It's been here for years. And it's right around the corner. And I found it walking to the fresh food market in the morning. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like this place has been here this whole time. So you always find cool little, cool little things, places to eat, coffee shops, just interesting things at every crevice around Bangkok. That makes it so exciting. I mean, when you see that 5 o'clock rush, I mean, the kids are going to see on Paragon, and people are going to see on Paragon to eat. Then they're going to maybe central, walk into Central World to go for dessert. But people are always doing stuff. They're walking and talking and laughing. That's why they call it the land of smiles. And my dad makes a very, very good point. He's like, when I'm in the States, because my, my parents don't like living in the States either, he says, when I'm in the States, nobody smiles. Nobody smiles. And they have everything. Nice houses, nice cars, make good money, plentiful food, cheap food. But you come to a place in Asia, like in Thailand, everyone's happy. Everyone's smiling. Do you know why? Do you know what the secret of the happiness here in a place like Thailand is sociability? Everybody here has lots of friends. And they see them on a regular basis. I mean, I have, and Dean can say the same exact thing too, 
you know, living in a community, in a gated community for decades, and you don't know really your next door neighbor. I have high school friends that I grew up with that live maybe about 20 minutes from me. I see them maybe once every, I see them maybe twice a year. But that's just the American way. People don't see each other. Where here in Bangkok, people are always seeing each other. Hey, let's go have a coffee. Hey, let's go get a craft beer. Hey, let's go get something to eat. The big one is always let's get something to eat because there's places to eat everywhere. But it's a sociability factor. That's what's going to make you happy. So in some of the other podcasts, we've always say, if if you're depressed, if you're contemplating suicide, before you go and off yourself, come here to Tampa. Come here to Thailand for 30 days. I guarantee your attitude will change. You'll be much happier. Would you say that, Dean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So the next thing I want to talk about is uh, this Thai elite visa, which nobody really knows about. And they don't do Thailand doesn't really do a good job about advertising this. And it's an amazing way uh, to live there full time if you have money and and what I mean by money is uh, it starts at fifteen thousand dollars so let me explain the Thai visa requirement so as we mentioned um, earlier is that if you were to come to Thailand with let's say you're a US citizen or Canadian citizen you're automatically granted a 30-day visa and about once you leave the country let's just say you left the country 10 days later and you came back you get another 30-day visa so people that have lived here in Thailand without really getting a residency visa or work permit visa or, or student visa, they basically leave, they're forced to leave the country every 30 days. And I have friends that live here too, and they're like, oh my God, um, that, I don't exactly call that a punishment that I'm forced to travel every 30 days. So they love it. Uh, you know, there's our version of Southwest of Spirit Airlines, we have Tiger Air, we have Nook Air, we have Air Asia. Uh, so there'll be trips like you can go to Cambodia for like 150 bucks, or you know go to Laos for 200 bucks, or go to Vietnam for 200 bucks, or go to Taiwan. It's so inexpensive to travel uh, around here in this region. So the people that want to extend their stay, you can get a 60-day visa, a 90-day visa, but it requires paperwork and requires more money. And then the other long-term visas are the student visas, the residency visas, where you have to be uh, over the age of 50 for retirement visa. You have to show at least $300,000 at bank. They have to marinate in their bank, uh, getting, uh, getting little to no interest. Uh, but you have to let it sit there for at least a year uh, before you can start pulling it out. And then there are some other requirements. You have to show proof of, ins- of health insurance and so forth. So those visas have always been there and they're there. And they're less expensive. So if you got some money, so for an example, let's just say you live in Phoenix. You know, you live just, you know, maybe in older Scottsdale. Or I'm not even going to say that. Let's say you live in uh, 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 Surprise. And you sold your home for about 350 Surprise, what do you say, Dean? About 350000 Average home price? two fifty, three fifty. Yeah, about three hundred thousand dollars. So about three hundred thousand bucks. Most houses in Phoenix. Yeah, two fifty to three hundred thousand. So you sell your house in Phoenix for three hundred thousand dollars. It's already free and clear. You sold it. You have three hundred thousand dollars. Now, 
buying a place here in Thailand, it is high density living. So you're most likely going to live in a condo. And remember this, that you can only buy in condo buildings, new buildings or existing buildings have allotted 51% of the ownership for Thai for foreign ownership. So you own it just like you own a piece of real estate in the United States. It's fee simple title to you. Uh, but should you want to buy a townhome or single family home, then you have to go through a whole rigmarole of getting a, a Thai corporation. And in that Thai corporation, you only own 49%. So I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, so the properties we buy for our clients, the property we own ourselves, are condos in that 51% uh, allotted uh, for this type of ownership. So you have $300,000. Now you have some options. You know, and and the thing is, is that you may not be 50 years old. You may be 40 years old. You may be 35 years old. But you want to spend 5, 10, you know, 15 years in Thailand. Well, now they created, it's called the five or the Thai Elite Visa. And you can go to their website. It's www.thai-elite.com. The, here you'll get more information. So what's cool is that it starts at five-year visas. And this five-year visa, it starts at $15,000, and you get full in-and-out privileges. Uh, you get, like, car service. You have concierge. Uh, in addition to that is uh, there's a specific lounge for departure and arrivals. Uh, you get discounts in a country. But that starts at $15,000. And then from there, it goes up. So if you want to do a 10-year visa, it's 800,000 baht, which is roughly about $25,000. And, and then there is the Elite Superiority Extension Visa, uh, which is a 20-year visa for 1 million Thai baht, which is $30,000. And, and again, all of these, as you go up from 5, 10, 20 years, they also include outings, like... Um, like free outings to, you know, golf around a golf at, at Hua Hin Resort or whatever it may be. So you have a lot of cool stuff, and you actually have a government concierge at your beck and call to help you out with any type of issues. So these Thai lead visas, if you have the money, so for an example, like I said, is you sold your home, you got three hundred thousand dollars, and and you say, hey, you know what, I want to live in Thailand for five years. It's only $15,000 for this visa. It's very, very convenient. It's a very easy way to get extended stays in Thailand where you don't have to work or try to get a work permit or trying to wait uh, to get that retirement visa or keep extending it every three months by doing these border runs, which are shutting down on. This is a legit way to get a long-term visa in Thailand. So I highly recommend it. And again, it's the Thai elite visa check it out and then the next thing i want to talk about is the cost of living so as we mentioned our last podcast when we're talking about costa rica compared to the united states when you look at the united states if you live in a place like california or you live in a place like florida new york i mean if you look at a past decade i mean food prices cost of living has increased from 20 to 30 percent it's outrageous it's absolutely outrageous but when you look at a place like Costa Rica or look at a place like Thailand, yes, we have inflation and yes, price increases, but it's very, it's almost microscopic. So I'll give you a good example. So five years ago, when we landed here in Bangkok, one hour Thai massages were uh, 200 baht, no, 150 baht, 150 baht an hour. 
So 150 baht an hour is about uh, what is it? Uh, about four bucks, four, four to five bucks an hour. Now they have gone up to six to seven dollars, and that's five years, and that's still very very inexpensive for local Thai. Yes, that may seem uh, a lot higher and more expensive, but for a Westerner like us, that's marginal. That's not enough to, that's not even enough increase to break the bank. Now, when we're talking about like dental work, like teeth cleaning, so from day one, I'm going to go into the same dentist for the last five years to get my teeth cleaned. I still pay $30 a cleaning in this beautiful dental office. And then when it comes to food, so food, there, yes, there has been a slight increase. So before you can get meals for in some places in the food courts like the uh, Central World or Sion Paragon, there were you know, meals for $1, $1.50. Well, those have gone up about 25 to 50 cents in five years. That's not that much. 25 to 50% increase on a plate of food, where if you look at, uh, let's just say, some place like say Shake Shack or, or, um, or some of these other burger joints where you're paying 8 to $15 for a freaking meal, for a freaking hamburger, or going to Chipotle, you're paying 10 to 15 bucks for a freaking burrito. It's insane where the increases here are so minute, so small, that you can be here for 10, 15, 20 years and it's not gonna break your bank. Unlike Americans that are retiring, that retiring now, they haven't allotted for, when they sit down with their financial consultant for inflation, when, they have to, when they're looking at uh, you know, living to about 75 years old, it's another 25 years, 20 to 25 years they're gonna live. And they don't have enough money saved up because they haven't looked at inflation, the rising increase of cost of living in English-speaking countries. Where in 20, 25 years in a place here like Bangkok or Chiang Mai or some of the beach areas, it's nothing. It's not, it's not going to break your bank. Dean, do you have anything else to add regarding cost of living here? No, I mean, we pretty much covered all, all the general topic or all the main items that people uh, that people spend on a daily basis. And, and yeah, just the cost of living in Thailand is just, it's ridiculously cheap compared to obviously uh, obviously the United States. So so let's talk about what's going on in and around us uh, in Southern Asia, Northern Asia. So if you look at uh, the impact of China, so again, what the Chinese are doing, they're basically going all around the world lending out money to everybody and saying, yes, we want to do business with you. So if you're not aware, and I posted it uh, quite a few times, China is basically building the, next, the new Silk Road. And these rail lines are going to go not just from China all the way to Russia uh, and into different parts of Europe, but it's also going to go south all the way down to Singapore. You're like, how can it be Singapore? Because Singapore is basically an island. Well, they're called bridges. So they're building these extravagant bridges. Right now, the longest uh, water bridge in the world is actually out of China. I'm pretty sure it's out of China. So they're building this huge new rail line that's coming down south that's going through Myanmar and Vietnam and Laos and Cambodia to Thailand, going, to, uh, going down to Malaysia, to Singapore. And why are they doing this? Because of urbanization. Urban, urbanization is that... These poor countries like Thailand, like Cambodia, like Laos and Vietnam, they're becoming more wealthy. 
When you have more wealthy, what are you going to do? You're going to start. Uh, you're going to start making your cities more livable. You're going to start cleaning things up. Uh, so you're seeing better buildings and better roads. I mean, it's absolutely mind-boggling the wealth here and what's going on. So the, the opportunities are vast. So because the wealth is the wealth is here in Asia, when we travel, and especially the countries like Cambodia and Laos and Vietnam, we're just seeing a massive influx of American corporations and Americans, no longer just the people from the UK or Australia and New Zealand and other Europeans coming. Well, the Americans are coming because they're seeing the vast amount of opportunities. As I mentioned many times, Microsoft uh, moved to Vietnam, uh, and Vietnam is luring a lot more companies, large, large companies to come and say, hey, build a factory here. You know, don't, you know, China's not your only option. And then, and it, so, so the wealth here is astronomical. And then when you're traveling, you're seeing the difference in people. You're seeing them dress better. You see more people own cars as opposed to motorbikes. You know, if you look at Singapore is such a great example. If you look at Singapore, what it was 15 years ago, it's nothing like it is today. Now Singapore is the top three most expensive cities in the world. It's also in the top five, the best. It's actually in the top three. Sometimes it's number one, depending on which magazine you're reading, as the best city uh, for expats to live and work. It's extremely clean. Uh, food everywhere that's very, very reasonable and inexpensive. Yes, housing is somewhat expensive and, and owning a car is expensive. But they have great public transportation. And then you know that it's clean because it's Singapore. But then when you go to places like China and you go to Hong Kong, and again, you see the same level of wealth. It's no longer the, the poor Chinese. I mean, I was in Shanghai and Beijing, and, and it was freaking freezing cold there. But just the wealth that you see, and it's just astronomical. And that is why you know, we're in Thailand, because we feel that you know, Thailand is growing leaps and bounds. And, and based on last year, the statistics from last year, uh, you know, we've seen an increase in real estate development. We've seen an increase in in-country uh, investments, not just in-country, but also people from out of the country investing, foreigners investing into Thailand. And we're seeing more and more and more of that. So for a person like yourself that not necessarily is ready to retire, Thailand or Southeast Asia should be really on your radar, should be your number one choice, specifically Bangkok. Unless you want to be some poor blogger and trying to make a living you know, on YouTube, then you can move to Chiang Mai with the rest of the freaking hippies. But if you really want to make some money and you want to see opportunities, you want to be in Bangkok. Dean, uh, what do you think? No, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with all what you just said, so I, I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, it's just, yeah, the opportunities are going to be much better in Bangkok, obviously. I mean, it's a global city, and and, um, and again, it, it's its growth has been, has been interrupted to watch and I mean going from obviously a, a world-class city to, to even a, a, a larger world-class city with the amount of new construction going on in and around um, in and around the central parts of central parts of Bangkok so yeah it's just uh, that, that, that city and that country is going to continue to um, to to probably thrive and uh, and keep moving forward in a positive direction so some of the things that are new here in Bangkok is where I'm definitely 
We're definitely seeing uh, the expansion of the BTS line, which is the main uh, public transportation, uh, the best means of public transportation. So the BTS and the MRT lines are really stretching out. Uh, I mean, past this place called Bangna, which is uh, way past there. So uh, with these new rail lines, obviously there come more infrastructure and come more housing. So uh, you know where we live. On, so Sukhumvit is considered like, let's just say, if we're d- using New York as a perfect example, you have Upper Manhattan. Uh, so Upper Sukhumvit would be like the where the Siam Paragon is, the Mega Mall, Intercontinental Hotel, Central World. Uh, that's a Racha Prasong area. So it's considered Upper Manhattan. And then Midtown, uh, you're looking at uh, Tung Lo. So Tung Lo is heavily Japanese. Uh, it's a lot of celebrities live there. If you are a who's who, uh, you basically want to live in Tung Lo. So that's like Midtown. So where we are at is Lower Manhattan. So Lower Manhattan is is uh, and it's Lower Sukhumvit. Uh, so we're you know out in the you know the Ekamai, uh, Prakanon, and the uh, what do you call it the Anut area. So that's considered kind of like the Lower Manhattan of the area. And our area is considered uh, really more faster growing. I mean, uh, Tung Lo, uh, which I mentioned, is where a lot of affluent and a lot of elites, uh, we call them HISOs, uh, which is high societies, live there. So the next BTS uh, coming down south is, is Ekamai. And Ekamai, when I came here five years ago, is not like what it is today. I mean, you look at Ekamai, and it's going to be a mirror image of Tung Lo. I mean, you're seeing the vast amount of new buildings, the very high-end buildings uh, that are erecting there. And Ekamai, uh, to me, is more favorable. There's a lot. Uh, there's there's amazing restaurants there, amazing new restaurants there. It's a little bit. It's bigger. The roads are bigger. Uh, it, it and and you have it anchored by this huge mall called Gateway Mall. So. I love Ekamai. And then and then when you go further south uh, to Prakanon, which is the next BTS over, then you have uh, the W District. And a W District is kind of considered like an outdoor food court. Uh, so imagine uh, an area, instead of having food trucks, instead of having 30 to 40 food trucks, you have specific little vendors uh, that have different type of cuisines. And... You have Italians making Italian food. You have French people making French food. You have American people making barbecue. Uh, there's even a Thai guy. Uh, he's actually from California. Dean met him. That makes great pizza there. Uh, so you have all different types of cuisines outside of Asian, you know, Thai food and Chinese food, Vietnamese food. You have all different types of cuisine there. There's also a great Spanish tapas place. So. That's kind of what's going on. I mean, we're more familiar, obviously, with this part of Bangkok. But then if you go into some of the other areas like Silom, uh, Silom is also kind of more a financial district. And again, it's very expensive, but a great place to live. Out there is kind of Lumpini Park. But then other areas like Rama, uh, Rama 5 uh, is, is also new and up-and-coming areas. And Rachida is a very interesting area because Rachida has always been considered like a nightlife capital for young Thais. And it's primarily Thai. Uh, my ex-girlfriend uh, lived out there. And if you're an American walking around, there's very few people that speak English. 
Uh, but Rachida is now growing and becoming such a hotspot for young expats because of the nightlife. The nightlife there is killer. I mean, as I tell people, it's like, you, you know, some of the best looking, if you're a single person, some of the best looking people is, is in Rachida. You got to go to Rachida. So that's also an up and coming area. But overall, Bangkok has, and you'll see it in travel magazines. Over and over again, why they're either number one or number two as the number one destination in the world. At one time, it was number one, beating out, uh, beating out London. Bangkok is a world class city, and it's not just a city for, you know, for someone that's looking for an opportunity. If you're a retiree, the reason why we believe you're going to like it here more than places in Central America is because you will not get bored. I mean, the beach, the beach cities in Central America, you know, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, you know, even Honduras or any of these other, any of these other places. There's what, three thousand people, six thousand people, maybe there's ten thousand people. That's nothing, you know. And then you're walking the same beach street over and over again, seeing the same exact effing people every day. You're just kind of tired of it. Everybody knows each other's shit, and you're tired of that. But when you come to a place like Bangkok, like Dean said, there's there's 8.2 million people here in Bangkok. If you want to go to a beach city, you go down south to Pattaya. Pattaya has a couple hundred thousand people. These are big cities. You're not going to run into people. You're never going to be bored. And and if you're older, I mean, you can. there's so many things to do everywhere to eat, drink, socialize with people, go and do things. If you're never bored, Dean, are you ever bored in Bangkok? No, there's there's always stuff to do. It's it's, it's a twenty four seven city that you never run out of stuff to. It's just yeah, never. Now being in San Jose, do you get bored there? No. Yeah, San Jose is very boring, but again, it's it's different. Yeah, I mean, it's just different. And it, but yeah, but it's very, it's much more boring in San Jose. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way too. I mean, it's it's very, very boring. I mean, think think about this right now. So the person that's listening to this, you're probably in your car driving to work or driving from work, or maybe you're at home listening to this, uh, you know, while the kids are in school or you're listening to this at work through headphones. Think about this. Is that, think about your daily routine. So you woke up this morning, uh, you know, you had your unhealthy breakfast, and then you went to work in your shitty job, and then basically from work on your way home, depending on if you're single or married, maybe, uh, most likely you're going to pick up some fast food, and that fast food is going to be a mediocre dinner that's going to cost you at the minimum maybe five to ten bucks at least. Come home, you're going to turn on a TV. And then you're going to eat your food in front of the TV, and then pretty much that's the rest of your night is being in front of that TV until you go to bed and repeat the same exact thing. And then weekends are really no different. What are you doing? You're going to Costco, like everyone else does. You go to Costco. You go get gas. And then you come back home, and then you watch TV all weekend. Well, here in Bangkok, I hardly watch TV. It's great that I can get Netflix, and actually the catalog here at Netflix is better than the States because we have better movies. I can get Amazon Prime Video here, and and my internet, cable TV. So I get a couple of American stations too. Uh, only and uh, my cell phone, 
only cost me $30 a month. That's it. So my morning routine, similar to Dean's, would be waking up and going down to the fresh food market, picking up something uh, something great for breakfast, maybe be a fresh pineapple or mangoes or something like that, or even if I don't feel like fruit, uh, I can get... Uh, I can get roasted pork with rice or noodles. And again, everything is less than a dollar or about a dollar. And then come back, do some work. But then uh, for lunch, and again, I'm going to go out and, and maybe get a great bowl of noodles. And then stop by a coffee shop. And then come back, finish up work. And then after work, I'm going to, and again, go back out around 5 o'clock. And I'm going to go to the gym. Uh, work out for you here in Thailand. I actually work out for two hours, so you know I put on like 15 pounds of muscle. So uh, because after that I get massage, and you'll hear that in just a bit. So I do my two-hour workout, and then I go across the street uh, to the Gateway Mall. I eat my dinner, and then have a coffee or have some dessert. Uh, usually take the BTS back home or walk back home, and then uh, I will uh, take a shower, and then I will relax for a little bit. And then I'll go get a one-hour massage or an hour and a half massage. That's going to cost maybe seven bucks. Then I come back, I'm relaxed, and I have a killer night's sleep. That's my typical day. Can you do that? No, you can't because it's too expensive and it's too inconvenient. I mean, Dean, with your daily routine when you're here, other than what I just named, is there anything else that you do? No, I mean, other than, if you know, if it's sunny out or whatever, I'll, you know, kind of lay by the pool for a little while. But other than that, it's, yeah, it's a workout. It's just go eat some good food, go get go get a massage, maybe go check out a couple of different areas of the city that you don't really go to that much. Um, like you said, if the sun's out, it's nice weather, you know, you know, go sit by the pool and, 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 and that type of thing. And then maybe even work out again. Um and just yeah, then just plan on going and at dinner time, plan on going and eating out in one of the outdoor courts or someplace like that, where you're just going to be surrounded by a bunch of like-minded people and just uh, spend a few hours uh, eating good food and, and, and drinking beer and, and, and at, 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 on a dime and uh, probably meeting some new people and, um, and then enjoying the day. Hey, and then you got squeezed in a little bit of work during that time, so be it. And then, uh, and then start the whole, start the whole process all over again the next day. Yeah, it's a great life. It's a it's a it's a great life here. You know, rarely having to eat the same restaurant twice. And, and the funny thing is, is that as Dean, is when you talk to people that live in the states or in Canada, UK. And when you talk about like weekend splurging, like they're like, yeah, well, you know, we don't really eat out except maybe one time in a weekend. So when they go splurge, you know, it's $30, $50 a head, you know, at least $25 per person splurging on a dinner. Well, here in Thailand, when you're splurging, it's about 12 to 15 bucks. Like we'll go to an all-you-can-eat sushi, 12 bucks, 15 bucks. We'll do all-you-can-eat shabu-shabu or uh, hot pot with grade A premium beef from Australia and New Zealand, 15 bucks. I mean, that's splurging for us. So here is just the lifestyle is incredible. That's why I despise leaving. I, I love it when I come. It's like, you know, it's like it's so funny because 
when uh, Dean was last here, and uh, it was like a couple of days before he leaves. He's like, he's like, I'm already getting depressed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you get depressed leaving. Yeah, yeah, you really do. And it's like you sit on a plane, you're like, oh, I can't wait to come back. So that's really what's going on in Thailand and, and kind of parts of Asia. Uh, the growth is nonstop, irregardless of what magazine articles uh, wrote the articles last year saying that is Chinese debt uh, come to its peak? Are they going to retract? Can they sustain the GDP growth? Yes, 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 yes. They're going to continue doing it and continue crushing it. And when you look at if you stop reading, you know, like your USA Today's your domestic news, but you start reading other worldly news outlets like Al Jazeera or reading foreign a newspaper like the Bangkok Post or, uh, you know, a different, uh, you know, all these different magazines, you will see the massive growth in Asia year after year. The numbers are quarter after quarter. The numbers are bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, you know, there's there's a reason again why corporations are coming here. They're coming here is because of consumer growth, consumer drive. Is that you look at, uh, a perfect example is Jeff Bezos. He's now worth $115 billion, the richest man in the world right now, surpassing uh, Bill Gates. And his business is all retail. So do you feel at any time that the American public, the American consumer or the Canadian consumer or any consumers in the world are going to stop buying from Amazon? No. You know, Jack Ma, the second or third richest guy in Canada, uh, in Canada, he owns Alibaba, which is like, I think it's like twice the size of Amazon. It's like, it's like Amazon steroids. You know, all the shitty products and the copyrighted and the cologne products that you see on Amazon come from Alibaba. That's where they buy it from. They come from him. There's a reason why he's that rich, because consumerism isn't decreasing anytime soon. So that's why there's so many of these corporations that are popping up all over Asia, because labor is cheap. People in America aren't going to work for a dollar a day. People in America aren't even going to work for a dollar an hour. But over there, they will. So that's why Western countries can't compete with Asia. And as long as consumerism lives lives in our blood as long as as long as the media keeps telling you to get more credit cards and incur more debt and buy more stupid shit asia is going to continue to be rich so your only indicator of okay well maybe asia's passes prime is when people stop buying stuff but do you actually believe that's going to happen no so if you want to be the hub if you want to start making a lot of money if you want to if your sales for your organization has stagnated, you really need to start looking at marketing to the consumers here in this part of the world. Dean, do you have anything to add to that? No, I totally agree. No, totally agree. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for joining our podcast. I hope that uh, this was educational, and... It always is fun to talking to you guys, and we apologize that it's been such a long time since we updated with new episodes. The thing is, is that we've just been crazy busy. Uh, we're going to come out with another podcast uh, very soon about what's new with Compass. I mean, just our pipeline. Uh, as you can see from some of our posts, we're shifting towards government contracts, shifting towards a lot bigger deals. 
We're talking excess of $100 million and plus. Uh, we like working with bigger deals. Uh, Dean, just really quick, can you just share with us about the uh, that wellness uh, project in Costa Rica? Yeah, I mean, we're still online with the with a, a, a globally recognized five-star brand hotel um, coming into Costa Rica, and we're facilitating the you know the land acquisition process of that, um, as well as the overall process of of getting this group um, into Costa Rica, developing their hotel, and then creating their wellness center on the property as well as the real estate component of the property. So we're in the beginning, you know, we're, we're kind of in the beginning stages of that. We're still about a year and a half to two years away before, you know, the first door is going to open, but you know, there's a lot of work in between that needs to get done to get there, but it will be kind of a one of a kind, uh, op, you know, one of a kind location uh, in the Western hemisphere uh, once it's built out. So, yeah, so still, uh, still going strong. And then we're just still currently looking at other opportunities with, um, some other properties that are in that general neighborhood, very exclusive neighborhood of Costa Rica for, for resorts. And uh, there's a few more resorts that are kind of, that have reached out to us that uh, we're looking to, uh, looking to locate the right, you know, the right property for them so that they can, uh, so that they can also do their, uh, to, to, to do their hotel as well. So just a, there's a lot of opportunities with these, you know, with, with more and more hotels wanting to get into Costa Rica. Um, to attract, uh, you know, to keep attracting the global tourism trade um, in this in that part of the country, the the, the Guanacaste Papagayo region um, is kind of ground zero for that. So yeah, so we're still uh, still full steam ahead on on, on doing that. And here in Asia, uh, and we'll talk in more detail in another podcast. Uh, we're working with government contracts in Sri Lanka, India, and so remember, it's you know when I talk about Asia. A lot of people forget that India and Sri Lanka, that's part of Asia. So please don't forget that. Even though, yes, they speak a different language, but it is a part of Asia. And as we've preached over and over again, keep an eye on India. India will soon, whether it's 10 or 15 years, surpass the United States as a larger economy. They won't surpass China, but there's a good possibility they become the number two largest economy in the world. The wealth in India is astronomical, and... And, uh, and that is a country we're focused on in addition to China. So we're looking at some big government contracts there uh, and in Sri Lanka. So there's a lot going on. And, and that is why uh, we have not been able to update our podcasts. Uh, but uh, this next round of podcasts should be more than enough for you guys to enjoy for the next month or so. But thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you soon.